0: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Locked On Vikings. I, of course, am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show's on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can always find this show anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, and if you don't like podcast apps are scrolling through your phone or if you're a commuter and you don't want to be looking at your phone while you're trying to find a show you can always just ask your smart device like siri google home alexa play podcast locked on vikings it'll take you right to the most recent episode and today we have a big extravaganza on the new xf and no, i'm just kidding We're, uh, we got to talk about the preseason game though i am excited for all the new xfl stuff because you know more football always better but today we need to focus on the third preseason game of 2019 against the Arizona Cardinals. This will once again be in US Bank Stadium and there's a lot to kind of discuss and preview. So let's get into it. So as this is the third preseason game, it makes sense to kind of start with like what that means. So the third preseason game typically, as you may be familiar, Uh, is the one that's kind of a dress rehearsal. The starters will likely play the entire first half. Some teams even have their starters come out for a drive or two in the second half if the first half doesn't go well and there's something else that they really want to drill. But mostly we can kind of look at the third preseason game as the single game that's going to like be the best preview of what is to come in 2019. So what are we looking for? Well kind of what we've already seen from the offense as a whole in terms of like strategic things because of course I mean they're running the same offense with the twos and the threes as they are with the ones so we can kind of still like expect that to translate into the regular season but you know you kind of want to look at like what personnel groupings they use they've used I think two or fewer wide receivers on over half of their snaps which is unheard of that is something that zero teams in the entire NFL did last year so that would be pretty intense Uh, this isn't really going to be a game where we get too much movement in position battles, except for, like, on the twos. And in the back half of the game, we'll be able to kind of talk about what happens there. But for the most part, like, most of the starting roles on the Vikings are pretty much solidified. There's really only, like, one or two that are even up for, like, any debate. And, uh, by the way, speaking of starting roles, both Shamar Stefan and Linval Joseph are projected to be back in time to play in this game. Now, I personally wouldn't be that mad if they didn't just because they're still coming off of an injury and, and this is going to be the longest game and, you know, give them a couple weeks of, of only practicing and not being in, like, the true hard hitting game situations that could possibly aggravate those injuries and then you kind of, like, really ensure that, that they come into week one happy and healthy, but... I don't anticipate that they're going to do that. I think that they'll play them, which is also totally fine. And if they do, it'll be really fun to see how they actually use two guys that are pretty much nose tackles and how they decide to like rotate all this out. And And what Mike Zimmer has kind of hinted at is that it's going to be rotational. He hinted that Hercules Mata'afa is going to play pretty much only in nickel downs, which makes sense. It's kind of the best role that fits for him is like a nickel pass rusher. Uh, you know, he's hinted that in obvious run situations, it might be Linval and Stefan. In run-pass situations, it might be Linval and, like, Jalen Holmes, who's had a reasonable preseason, or, or somebody else that maybe is more of, like, a penetrating pass rusher than Shamar Stefan. So they definitely have, like, different skill sets, and I've gone into that in, in pretty great detail before. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see, in this particular game, if they use those different skill sets, or if they just kind of say, well, Shamar Stefan can't do this, but everything else he, you know, makes for like a better overall player than Jalen Holmes, which I guess I would agree with. Uh, so he's just going to be the starter and he's going to do have to do everything and just have a weakness, or are they going to try to rotate and try to like maximize these guys in really unorthodox ways? I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Of course, it will be interesting to watch, you know, formations and personnel and stuff, you know, when they do come out with two or fewer wide receivers, You know, probably Diggs and Thielen, maybe a couple tight ends, a couple of running backs, or whatever. What kind of formations are they doing? Are they running it tight? And when they do run tight, what do they do with that? Generally, when you run a tight formation, like two tight ends in line and maybe, you know, 21 personnel, so like an I formation with two tight ends, 10 players are all, you know, within like 10 feet of each other. So, of course, the defense is also going to create this really cramped inside corner quarters. And are you going to try to just like win a running play in that very difficult, you know, f- fist fight in a phone booth kind of way? Or are you going to leak out a running back and try to get a touchdown like they did in to cap off that first drive against the Saints in the first preseason game. That's part of why I really liked that play call. Now, we also have to kind of set our expectations because... Going for an entire first half, we can probably evaluate whether or not that half was good or bad, and it can probably be somewhat instructive, whereas I don't think I would say that about, like, the one or two drives against the Saints and Seahawks, just by nature of it being such a small sample. Like, the offense moved the ball well. It doesn't really help us all that much. And very often, you know, in-season results will then, like, contrast significantly with that, just because that just happened to maybe just be one of the, good, the few good drives on a bad offense, or vice versa. But an entire half of football, we start to, you know get a, a little bit more, like if they show a little bit more consistency over the course of two quarters, then that starts to be a little more instructive. It's still not that instructive, but a little more. And their opponent is pretty weak. So I would expect the Vikings, whatever they do, it should work. They, this is them running their staple concepts, their very basic stuff, the stuff that they are going to be relying on week in and week out very often. And if it doesn't work against the Arizona Cardinals trying to do the same thing, then you got a problem. And we'll get more into the Cardinals and why they're weak and stuff a little bit later. But if you have watched any of their uh, preseason stuff, if you watched them against the Raiders or their first game, they have struggled mightily. But by and large, you know, I want to see Kirk continue to push the ball down the field. That's something that I asked for in the beginning of the season. I was like, make Kirk throw deep. They have largely made Kirk Cousins throw throw deep. He's taken a bunch of deep shots to Thielen. He's taken, you know, even his, like more routine shots have still been further down the field you know they've been 10 yards 12 yards instead of these four yard crossing patterns to digs that never really went anywhere last year those were a, a big issue because they just couldn't generate the the after catch yardage especially once there was so much tape out there on them and defenses knew that the Vikings would try that they would just keep everything in front of them and make a tackle you couldn't generate generate the yard yardage you needed after the catch and then your offense would kind of sputter and they're they're now solving that by pushing the ball further downfield those will eventually become harder to complete, but that is a a more dynamically easy problem to solve because you can solve that in a whole bunch of weird ways with new route combinations or, you know, just throwing it up and having Adam Thielen win contested catches. I don't care how much tape you watch. You just, sometimes you just can't stop Adam Thielen from catching the ball on you. And I want to see them try that against the Cardinals here, especially against a secondary that's kind of ailing with no Patrick Peterson. And especially like the twos, we'll get to that later, but they've had a lot of trouble stopping things. And if Kirk Cousins and Diggs and Thielen are as good as advertised, they should have no trouble moving the ball up and down the field. And of course, I I do want to see the run blocking improve a little bit as well. It has not been very good in the first two preseason games. But again, we've only seen, what, three drives from the offense? We're going to see maybe twice that in this game. So a lot of our perceptions can change kind of over the course of the one night. So we've got a lot more to get into. But first, I want to talk to you about a, a story that happened elsewhere in sports yesterday. Uh, it broke, it was about MLB players who apparently have been using gas station sexual enhancement pills so much that it has become like an actual problem league-wide for the MLB. And they had to put out a memo a memo saying stop doing that because you'll fail a PED test. But if PED tests are not a part of your job, which I mean probably, you should check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew, unlike their, the gas station variety pill is the first chewable tablet of its kind. It has the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know exactly what you're getting into, but as it is a chewable, it kicks in twice as fast. So when the moment's right, you don't have to sit and wait around for a pill to kick in, or at least not as long. You can take a day, night, full stomach, empty stomach. It's made right here in the United States, and it is shipped directly to your door, so you can skip the pharmacy, skip the lines, skip the awkwardness, and that makes it a little cheaper, too. And don't get it twisted, Blue Chew is not just for men of a certain age who maybe can't perform the way that they used to in their glory days. You can be a perfectly healthy person who just wants a boost, and Blue Chew, Blue Chew can still work for you. So go to Blue Chew B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com, .com, and you can use promo code LOCKEDON to try it out for free. That's promo code LOCKEDON when you go to check out. Don't be shy about it. Take it as seriously as you take everything else in your life. Go to Bluechew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to try it out for free. All right, moving on. So the team level expectations that I just laid out are one thing, but I also want to talk about some of the player level expectations and some guys who have like pretty big nights writing on this. For one, I I want to see something out of Chad Beebe during the first half, assuming that he's going to get all the wide receiver three reps in the first team. I know I just said that they won't use three wide receiver sets very often, but they also rotate it out, you know, that when they have two wide receivers on the field. It is usually Diggs and Thielen, but it is not always Diggs and Thielen, so I imagine that other guys will get opportunities as well. I mean, we've seen BC Johnson take those reps. We've seen Treadwell take those reps. We've seen Jordan Taylor take those reps, even though the latter two have taken most of their reps with the third team and have been for a while now. Like, it just rotates out with the first team. I think they just like to give everybody a shot with the first team, see what they can do on a play or two. So all this said, maybe Chad Beebe doesn't get all that many reps, but on the reps he gets, I mean, there's a whole half here. He's going to get some, and I want to see something happen for him to really solidify himself in that wide receiver wide receiver three spot, because it's not locked up. Somebody else could still totally come and snatch it from him. I would also be remiss if I didn't talk about Pat Elfline in this segment. Uh, you know, I mean, Elfline had one of the worst games of his whole career in the preseason against Seattle, which I guess if you're going to put up a huge stinker like that, you might as well get it out of the way in exhibition play. But, you know, you kind of want to see at least a bounce back to his average, which isn't great. You know, I mean, it's like he's, probably not gonna be good over the course of the season. Uh, He's struggled a little in camp, struggled a lot in that preseason game, but uh, overall, hopefully he'll be at least serviceable enough where he won't be like holding the offense hostage like Vikings offensive linemen have in the past, like the TJ Clemmings kind of thing. And a good indicator of that would be if he returns to at least some semblance of normalcy against Arizona. And then we can just kind of chalk it up to, well, Puna Ford kicked your butt. It happens. I, of course, want to see, you know, Shamar Stefan. I would love to see some relentless pass rush from him. Any pressure that he gets is going to be kind of a win that you probably can't be relying on. So it's it's all just gravy on top of it. And I want to see Linval I would love to see Linval Joseph come out and play and look healthy and, you know, kind of put the off-season surgery recovery thing behind him. Speaking of injuries, there are a couple of injury things that are worth noting. It does sound like Brian O'Neill is on his way back. Uh, I would not expect him to play in this game, but it does seem... And of course, he wouldn't play in the uh, fourth preseason game, even if he were healthy. But it seems it's, it's looks as though he's at least on track to start practicing before the preseason is over. And then to be, you know, ready to go by week one, that would be awesome. Over the course of this week in practice, uh, Jeff Baddett and Amir Abdullah both left the field with injuries. That's absolutely catastrophic for both of them because they're both really, really fighting hard for kind of like final roster spots in their different, in their respective position groups. Uh, so of course, Mike Boone will have a huge opportunity here. We'll see if the Vikings actually play Dalvin Cook at all. Uh, if they don't and Alex Alexander Madison gets the start again, that probably means that Mike Boone is the running back for the whole back half of the The game, and that's you know going to be that many more reps, especially if the Vikings are leading, which tends to happen in the preseason because they they treat the games more like game like regular season games than other teams do. So they often will just like make better strategic decisions, whereas like other teams are like you know trying stuff and doing weird fourth downs and stuff. The Vikings will take the game a little more seriously, and then end up being in the lead. And then if they are in the lead, that means they're going to be running a lot. This has happened. All throughout the Mike Zimmer era and in the last two preseason games and that would mean a lot of opportunity for Mike Boone. I also want to see something out of Irv Smith Jr. I mean he has caught a couple of quick outs uh, and some, like, very manufactured touches that are very much like—and and, it's—I it, think it was Charles Davis during the Sunday night uh, Seattle game was, like, they're using him like a wide receiver. I mean, they're having him do wide receiver responsibilities, and maybe he's the wide receiver three. But what I want to see him do then is is I want to see him used in more unique ways. Or I want to see him, you know, line up in line and run up the seam and do, you know, classic move tight end stuff— Uh, Either way, I I just want to see them showcase Irv Smith a little bit. I want to see them try the concepts that they're trying. And you know what? If they're not complete or if those plays go poorly, I'm kind of fine with that. I just want to see that they were planning to, you know, drill it in this, the dress rehearsal game. Because that usually means that then they intend to use it a lot over the course of the regular season, and that's kind of the whole point of spending a second round pick on the guy. Defensively, I just don't want to see the same miscommunication issues that happened against Seattle. Um, You know, Mike Zimmer specifically called out that there were a bunch of busted coverages. There was that one, like, hilarious one uh, where Russell Wilson was scrambling and everybody sucked up field and nobody thought to, like, continue to cover Tyler Lockett, who was jumping up and down all alone in the end zone. Uh, That was a busted coverage. It looked like a pass off error. Uh, It also just looked like, you know, everybody just. Kind of converged on Russell Wilson, uh, maybe a little too early. It's hard to tell because we don't have like the whole the the all twenty two angle. We just have the the two side by side broadcast angles. But either way, I mean that wouldn't have been the only mistake in the game, anyways. So I, I want to see more sound play. Uh, from the Vikings secondary, I just, I don't want to see people, you know, wide open in the zone, I don't want to see people late to their zone, I don't want to see people, you know, busting coverages and having pass-off errors and stuff. This plagued the Vikings horribly in the first four games of 2018, and I would like to not see those mistakes repeat themselves. In particular, I kind of want to see Trey Waynes press a little bit. Now, he's been injured in the preseason in the past, uh, so I definitely get the idea of like being careful with him from an injury perspective And if that's the reason and you don't press him You have him play off and let everything get caught in front of him because it's just the preseason then sure like whatever But if it's in the interest of like simplification or whatever I don't think this is the time to do that Like I don't think this is the time to you know run vanilla coverages and and you know Do the most simple basic things like have Trey Wayne play Trey Wayne's get used to playing press man Warm that skill up in him so that he's not doing it for the first time in live game action in week one this is your last chance and he has has allowed quite a few receptions in the, the preseason play he's had so far, so I, I do kind of want to see him, like, flex that press muscle a little bit that he's so good at. And, of course, watching all the special teams will always be interesting because that's the kind of thing that's going to have huge impacts on the roster, not only with, like, the specialists and Corey Vedvik and what's going on there, but also with, you know, the, the backup linebackers like Richard Cliet and the backup uh cornerbacks I, I would love to see chris boyd get a little bit of run in this game since he's been held out of the first two it'll be really interesting to see what they do with those injured players considering that they were like afraid of the uh, the new turf and afraid of putting dalvin cook out there and a couple other guys let's see if now that it's you know the turf's been broken in i guess with one game uh they're a little bit braver about putting guys on the field Now, before I go on to actually previewing the Cardinals and talking about some of the people over there that are going to make a difference, uh, real quick, I want to shout out the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. It's a daily show just like this one, except it's all about fantasy football, so if your draft is coming up and you need to start doing your research, uh, go tune in, go subscribe, listen to what those guys have to say. I know for sure that I need it. Make sure you go subscribe and check it out. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what to actually expect from the Cardinals, and I've hinted at it a little bit, but the Cardinals so far have been kind of disastrous, specifically at run blocking, and that means that this is an opportunity for the Vikings to kind of showcase their run defense, especially if Ball Joseph comes in and plays. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in and make a statement like immediately, or to just see Barr and Kendricks be disruptive, to see you know cornerbacks and run support go make good plays, or defensive backs you know like what Harrison Smith did, like what Jaron Kurse did against Seattle. But the line as a whole is a group of people who have struggled historically throughout their careers, and the Raiders made mincemeat of them in their action uh, last week. And what this really represents is there is a huge opportunity here for Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, both of whom have had really, really big training camp uh, performances, big performances in practice, but in their limited time in the preseason so far, they've both been pretty quiet. I don't even know if they've logged a pressure, I could be wrong about that. Uh, But, you know, not a lot of reps because the the starters get taken off pretty quickly, but they have been pretty quiet. And against Seattle, and I talked about this previewing that game, and I think that kind of the same thing applies here. Uh, Against Russell Wilson, they played very conservatively. They played contained. They didn't want Russell Wilson to break and escape the pocket. And, uh, you know, they were very, very keen on essentially practicing how to defend guys like Russell Wilson because those guys are going to come up a lot over the course of the Vikings schedule this year. Uh, But Kyler Murray, who also can run around and can also throw, and actually Russell Wilson was a comp for him in the draft. So Kyler Murray is a very similar style of quarterback. I mean, most of these young quarterbacks are just going to be quick enough on their feet just kind of because they're young uh, that they can, you know, break the pocket and run around and move. But just based on the quality of the offensive line, you know, we kind of already demonstrate, yeah, like, you got your mobile quarterback drills out there. So I kind of want to tell Griffin and Hunter this time, pin your ears back and just go. Let's make the, the rookie's life hell and just go. And if he, if he escapes and gets a big play on you, whatever, it's preseason, let's take the risk. We already practiced all our contained discipline stuff. Like, let's just go and see what happens against Kyler Murray. So I, I want to see big games out of them, specifically because it's against a rookie, that's in very much the same mold as the kinds of quarterbacks that have really given the Vikings trouble over the years. If Linval Joseph plays, that'll help a lot too, because having that you know, extra push up the interior makes it a lot harder for mobile quarterbacks to break the pocket successfully. And of course, from just like a neutral fan perspective, just a football fan perspective, I'm really excited to see Kyler Murray play. I haven't actually seen uh, any of his performances so far. I've just like read about them and kind of looked at what other people said about it. Uh, So I'm really excited to see Kyler Murray actually play for the Arizona Cardinals. This also represents an opportunity for the Vikings to really get their run game going. Uh, They haven't, the, the Cardinals only have a couple of players that have like really shown out in the run. Uh, and, of course, that's on their second and third teams, and a lot of the, like, aggregate team statistics are riddled with second and third team performances. So, again, they, d- they don't exactly project well into the future, but it's the third preseason game, and, I, you know, I want to see guys start to win blocks. I want to see Alexander Madison get going. I would love to see Dalvin Cook get going. If he d- if he ends up playing, it represents quite the opportunity. I think it represents an opportunity pretty much everywhere against the f- uh, uh, around the field because the whole like, story on the Cardinals thus far in the preseason is that everywhere on the field, they are bad. There are a few, like, standout players here or there that would be fun to watch or worth watching. They just signed Michael Crabtree, like, as I was recording this, so that's kind of interesting. But largely, this is an opportunity for everybody to showcase something, you know, you are up against lesser competition, go show me what that looks like. And I would be remiss if I talked about a preseason game and didn't at least mention some of the second team guys that are going to be taking over over the second half and some of the places where people stand to gain. there. I'm still watching with a very keen eye the uh, Jilliel Johnson-Armin Watts battle that started to kind of heat up a little bit. With only one half to go around, we'll see what kind of reps guys like that get. Like, I don't think we're going to see a lot of, like, Jordan Taylor. I don't think we're going to see a lot of, like, Nate Meadors. I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, guys like even Carter Schultz. I don't know if Carter Schultz will even play just because he's not part of the rotation. Like, you might have Stephen Weatherly and Fadio Denebo carry you all the way through the end of the game. Um, and we'll, yeah, obviously we'll see. But there are some places where people still kind of stand to gain something. I want to see Ben Gideon. I Actually, I'm going to watch Ben Gideon a little bit because he, as a surprise cut, would be kind of one that... Like, if I had to pick, like, a real shocker, it would be Ben Gedian. Of course, I don't think he's gonna get cut, that's why he would be a shocker, but if I had to make a bold, you know, irresponsible prediction, something that if you listened to me when I first took over this podcast, the end of last year, I love a good, wild, bold, and irresponsible prediction. But I don't know, I think he might be kind of on a sneaky hot seat and might need a good game here. Of course, all the backup wide receivers stand to gain quite a bit, especially against a relatively weak uh, depth of coverage on uh, Arizona's roster, they're very weak in the second secondary, especially in their depth. Um but, you know, let's see what Dylan Mitchell can do against this. Let's see what BC Johnson can do against this. You know, let's see what Brandon Zilstra can do against this. See if we can't get a little more separation out of that group. I feel a little bit better about what I did yesterday in the roster prediction about them, and, like, that could possibly solidify, but there's still plenty of room for all of that stuff to change. And conversely, I also want to see uh, somebody from the corner room step up. And these are two areas that Mike Zimmer called out, like, hey, the depth isn't stepping up. You know, somebody needs to go take this roster spot. Right now, it might actually belong to Duke Thomas. These extra cornerback roster spots while you know Holton Hill is suspended and maybe Mike Hughes is on the pup. Uh, Duke Thomas has just gotten a lot of run with the second team and and just had a, a lot of the reps have gone to him. You um, from my eye, he's been kind of a mess. But again, it's hard to evaluate secondary from broadcast angles, so I could be way off base there. But it really looks like he's struggled quite a bit over the. I mean, he was struggling a ton in camp, at least when I was watching, and I've heard you know a lot of big plays caught over him as well. I, I just don't think he's had a very good summer, and the fact that nobody has overtaken him is like pretty telling of how dire the situation is. There, I mean, that's why they went out and got Ape and Wickery, who improved in uh, the Seattle game versus the Saints game. And, and like the night practice where he just got like torched up and down the field because that was his first day in Minnesota. But these are opportunities for those guys to go like showcase something. You know, again, you're up against lesser competition. Show me what that looks like for you. Show me what you can do to somebody who we know isn't as good as you. Or maybe they are as good as you and you belong on the Arizona Cardinals and not the Minnesota Vikings. And of course, you know, we'll have to watch all the other linebackers as well, like uh, Cam Smith, who and I came out saying that uh, I didn't have Cam Smith on my uh, roster prediction and a lot of people actually uh, do have it and maybe I have to go watch him a little bit more closely than I already have. The second half of the game will also represent kind of some last chance moments for guys like uh, Danny Isadora or... Cornelius Edison, guys that, you know, are going to be kind of fighting to get themselves in a position where they can find their way onto the roster over the course of the fourth uh, preseason game against the Buffalo Bills where a lot of these decisions will be finalized. But I think, like, Isidore is hanging on by a thread. I think Edison's hanging on by a thread. And there's a few people all, all throughout the roster who really, really need a good game. Uh, And unfortunately, some of those people like Jordan Taylor might not actually get find their way on the field just by nature of it being the third preseason game. The whole first half is eaten up by the starters and the second team plays a fair amount of the second half as well. So largely, I mean, I spent most of this episode focusing on the starters because I think that's kind of what we're all going to be really paying attention to. And then once it's the second half, of course, a lot of people tune out. I'm going to stay, of course, very vigilant because I care about all those little battles. I care about, you know, which guys are going to come surprise and make the roster and all the stories. It's why I did the nine. Man series back earlier in the summer, so I'm really excited for this game. The third preseason game is always fun because you kind of really start to get a preview. It's truly the appetizer to the regular season, and then we only got one more preseason game, and then we're playing meaningful football. We are almost there, folks, and I can't wait to share it all with you, but that is going to do it for this uh, episode and this week of Locked on Vikings. I will see you all on the other side of the Arizona game. In the meantime, you can always find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can find this show on any podcast app you prefer like Spotify, Spotify, Wow, Spotify, Podbean, Himalaya, whatever you like, and if you don't like any of those services, you can always ask your smart device to play podcast locked on Vikings. I will see you all next week, and as always, skull.